When it comes to weight loss, no two people are the same. That's why Noom builds personalized plans based on your unique psychology and biology. Take Brittany. After years of unsustainable diets, Noom helped her lose 20 pounds and keep it off. I was definitely in a yo-yo cycle for years of just losing weight, gaining weight, and it was exhausting. And Stephanie. She's a former D1 athlete who knew she couldn't out-train her diet, and she lost 38 pounds. My relationship to food before Noom was never consistent. And Evan, he can't stand salads, but he still lost 50 pounds with Noom. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. Even through the pickiness, Noom taught me that building better habits builds a healthier lifestyle. I'm not doing this to get to a number. I'm doing this to feel better. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom users compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. American Giant makes great clothing. Sweatshirts, jeans, and more right here in the U.S. Visit American-Giant.com and get 20% off your first order with code STAPLE20. That's 20% off your first order at American-Giant.com. Code STAPLE20. When you decide to be the one that changes your life, you're up against a lot of family history that you heard again and again and again and again. Sometimes you got to make sure it's your goal. Like you didn't just inherit it. You didn't just pick it up because you think you're supposed to do it. I want you to find a passion that's so bright. Netflix is boring. It'll be a success or a story. It'll be a success, like I'm gonna win this, or it's gonna be a story that I get to share other people and help them. If I can look at the failure eventually as a story, I can then change the power it has over me. I'm the CEO of my actions, not the CEO of the calendar. People over-focus on the things they can't control, like they get obsessed with those and they miss the little things they do control that turn into big things. Motivation leaves the very first second the work shows up. So you have to BYOH, you have to bring your own hype. What is one thing that's keeping people from really accomplishing their goals that they set out to accomplish? Okay, so I'll give you a real example from my own life. I hope you have a pen and paper handy because you're gonna wanna take notes on today's show. But wait, before we hop into the show, be sure to like, comment, and subscribe. Now let's jump into the video. Yo, John, welcome to the table, man, for the first time, bro. How are you doing? I'm great, dude. It's great to meet you. It's great to hang out. We were joking before we got on that we'd been in the same room, but we've yeah. never actually hung out a bunch. So that's a funny That's a funny situation. Hey, man, I, I remember, man, when I was in my youth pastor days, man, um, it was funny. Um, I was a young youth pastor, and you used to speak for YPS, which is a, a organization that brought in youth pastors, and y'all just sewed into us, man. And every time I saw your name on the list, I, I called my team and said, yo, we're going to YPS. John Acuff is speaking. And so, man, just to sit here and have you at the table for the first time, and hopefully, definitely, for sure, not the last time, I'm super excited because you're a legend in the leadership space. You're a legend in just motivating, inspiring people. Man, so thanks so much for your time man i appreciate yeah, thanks it. for having me dude there's not i i appreciate getting to be at the table yes sir yes sir, yes, sir. But let's dive in you got a new book coming out and i i really don't really start off shows with like the book i like to get to know the author but i think everyone in the world knows who john acuff is right uh, but i think this book is a needed book especially for the second half of this year you said all it takes is a goal the three-step plan to ditch regret and tap into your massive potential and i want to start off because as I was reading the book, I even say this, I want to talk about it in the book. You said potential is the gap between your vision and your reality. And I'm like, that was good. Like that, <laughs> that is solid. Yeah. But before we talk about this, the book, the content inside the book, John, there's a lot of books. I mean, I did a little bit of research. There's over 2000 books specifically on just goals. As you have written nine books, uh, this is your ninth book, so eight books. What did you see missing in the the goal section when it came to books that inspired you to write a book about goals? Well, for me, um, all my books start with a problem in my own life. So mm. I run into something, I go, okay, can I change this? Can I fix this? And then I go, do other people have the problem too? 
And yeah. if, if I find out other people do now, maybe it's worth a couple of years of investing into it and serving others. So this, it started with, I took my daughter, to, my oldest daughter to college um, to tour it. It was the college I went to. My wife went there and my wife said to me, wasn't college amazing? And I was standing there going, man, college was a train wreck. Like mm. I wasted all my college years. They were just dumb. I didn't accomplish anything. And I felt this great sense of regret. And as we drove back to Nashville, I thought, okay, that was four years but I might live 40 more. What could I do going forward? How do I tap into my potential? So I had that issue in my own life, started to work on it. Then this PhD who's at MTSU, Mike Peasley, he, he and I surveyed 3,000 people and said, do you feel like you're living up to your potential? And 96% of people said no. Mm. And the stat that got me was 50% said 50% of their potential is untapped which is like only opening half your Christmas presents every morning. Like mm. imagine if you walk down and your friends and your family, maybe even coworkers are like, those presents in the corner are yours too. And you didn't open them up. Like what a sad way to go through life that would be. So then I started to go, okay, how do I actually tap into potential? Because it's a fuzzy, ill-defined word. It's vague. You can't accomplish vague goals. So that's what really kicked it off. And for me, um, I felt like a lot of the goal books were really holistic and really high level, but they didn't say, here's what to do on a Tuesday. Mm. Like I'm, I'm a guy that it's, I'm like, great, great, great. Don't just get me inspired. What do I do with that on a Tuesday? Like I need to take that back to my real life, do something on a Tuesday. I want to see real success. I want to see real change. So that's where this book, the genesis of this book was, okay, a real problem in my own life. A lot of people have it too. How do I teach people some real actionable things they can do to tap into all these gifts they have that they might not even know about. Man, that's so good, man. I, I like that because you're right. We have a lot of books out there that are high. I call it a bunch of fluff, just a bunch of motivation, yep. but nothing that's giving me practical um, habits that I should put into place that'll get me closer to the ultimate vision, get me closer mm -hmm. to accomplishing my goals. I'm curious, what is one of the reasons why from your as you've studied, as, you, as you've written this book, what is one thing that's keeping people from really accomplishing their goals that they set out to accomplish? Well, I mean, a big thing is fear. Like yeah. fear, and it comes in a variety of, of ways. Um, it can be doubt. It can be imposter syndrome. It can be insecurity. Like, let, you know, it can be... A, like, sometimes, though, we... The minute somebody says you could change your life, we start coming up with reasons it won't work. So the other day, I, t I told somebody, I think you can be financially successful. And they said, well, what if I was a homeless woman that lived on the streets? And I said, well, well, are you a homeless woman that lives on the streets? And they said, no, but what if? And I said, what? Like, what are you talking about? Like, you're not, though. Like, they were like... But everyone can't. And I said, I'm not talking about everyone. I'm talking about you. Like, how would you even know when everyone could? Like, mm. would they email you and go, hey, everybody can now, so you can do it in your own life. Like, so we, we have this, you know, a bunch of fear. We have a bunch of excuses. We have a bunch of reasons. And then sometimes we've tried it before and it didn't work. Um, it feels isolating. We never saw somebody do it. Maybe we come from a family where success was shamed. Mm. There's a lot of residual shame about success that some families have. Mm. Um, a friend of mine, Stephen Scoggins, his family used to say, Scoggins get by, they don't get ahead. That was their family soundtrack. And so he heard that a thousand times. So sometimes like when you decide to be the one that changes your life, you're up against a lot of family history that you heard again and again and again and again. And so I think there's a lot of those, those reasons that get in the way, even as you start to kind of dream about a different way to do your life or see a little bit of light. There's so many things that get in the way of it. Yo, what's going on, fam? Are you ready to make a big career move here by the end of this year? Why not pivot into the flourishing tech industry with the Bethel School of Technology, recognized globally as the sole Christian online tech bootcamp? You see, with African-Americans constituting a mere 7.9% of the U.S. tech workforce, I believe it's time to narrow this display and unlock opportunities for everyone in this thriving sector. Bethel Tech is steadfast in its mission to make tech careers accessible, rewarding, and economically advantageous for all individuals. Their comprehensive nine-month program is designed to equip you with the necessary skills to propel you into your technology career and move forward at a high speed. You see, recent reports from Indeed suggest that software developers in the U.S. command an average annual salary of approximately about 103 
$43,000. This is well above the national average of $48,000. You see, diversify your tech education by choosing from their specialized programs like cybersecurity and UI UX design. With Bethel Tech, you're not just kickstarting a career, you're igniting a passion with a purpose. I want you to say goodbye to the prospects of crippling student loan debts and, and instead invest a mere nine months to transform your next decade of your professional journey. Step into your potential with Bethel Tech and turn your career aspirations into reality. To begin, I want you to go to anthonyoneal.com forward slash Bethel or click the link in today's show notes. Again, that is anthonyoneal.com forward slash slash Bethel. Don't wait another moment to take the first step towards a bright and promising future into a career space that can make you a millionaire. Speaking of millionaires, let's get back to today's show. Man, you know, one of the things for me, when I look at my goals, I, I feel as if sometimes they're not attainable. Sometimes I set goals that oh, I just know I cannot reach that. Mm-hmm. And I used to get scared of those kind of goals. And so I would I, I would set them out, I would write them out because I get excited. But then the next day when I wake up, I'm like, yo, I can't do that. I, I, I can't do that. Do you think that there is a such thing? And, and I have some specific questions that I, that I wrote down for your book, but I'm just going off of what you just said. I'm going to get yeah. to these questions specifically. But do you think people write down goals that that become fearful, that like, well, I can't accomplish that? Do you believe there is a such thing of that kind of goal? Oh, yeah. I mean, I think one thing you have to make sure it's your goal. Like, I remember I talked to a dentist and he said, John, I knew in dental school I didn't want to be a dentist, but my parents said I'd be a good dentist. I told people I was going to be a dentist. So I kept going. And now my real my real desire is I want to be a high school band director, but I'm $250,000 in debt. The only way to get out of that debt is to keep doing something I don't want to do. And so like sometimes you got to make sure it's your goal. Like you didn't just inherit it. You didn't just pick it up because you think you're supposed to do it. So if it's your goal, I think it should be big. But here's the problem people run into. And I talk about this in the book. Imagine a ladder, Anthony, that only had two rungs. One at the very bottom, one at the very top. It's a 12-foot ladder, two feet taller than a basketball rim. And I said, that's your big crazy goal, that top rung. You have to get to the top. You have to just jump 12 feet in the air, try to grab it and claw your way up versus going, what if I gave you a ladder that had 50 rungs? They were only six inches apart. Could you climb your way to the top? Absolutely. Of course you could. So what happens with big goals, sometimes people go, I want to make $10 million in my business. I want to write a book. I want to be you know, successful. Whatever. I want to run a marathon. They have the big crazy thing, and they're on the, on the bottom rung, and there's no rungs in the middle. And so mm. they don't know how to use the ladder. So what I like to do there is go, okay, hey, how do we get some rungs? So let's take book. 83% yeah. of Americans want to write a book, according to the New York Times. Yep. Huge goal. Imagine if I only had one rung at the top of my ladder that said, finish the book. Every day I'd feel like a failure. Because every day when I wrote, I wouldn't finish the book. So instead, dude, I have thousands of little rungs. Like yesterday I wrote 500 words. I succeeded. I climbed that rung because that rung was just 500 words. Today maybe the rung is I talked to Anthony and that inspires me for some new book ideas. And then every day I have all these rungs. I'm climbing. I get to the end of the year. I look up. I'm like, I did this big hard thing, which is write a book. But it was only because I my ladder had a lot of rungs. So one of the things I teach people is like, how do you get some more rungs to that ladder? Mm. So you don't just stare at the big crazy goal that seems really hard because it is going to be hard. But it's not as hard when you get a lot of rungs on that. Like you can climb the ladder. Like mm. we can figure that out. Like so that's how I like to teach people. And we're gonna stay right there too, man. Man, John, you in your bag, man. You in your bag. You're teaching good, man. I'm telling y'all right now, you need to get this man's book because he's starting something. I have questions written down, but dude, he's, we he, can go wherever. We bro, can go wherever, dude. Bro, you're talking good because I think sometimes it's those little wrongs, it's those little steps that people sometimes, if they hit that step and then they fail at that step, they stop climbing. Oh, yeah. And 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 it's like, man, I hit I hit a step on my personal business and it failed. Yeah. And I remember feeling like I failed everything. Mm-hmm. And I was like, dang, wait, but you just, you were successful in these three, four things before then. Mm-hmm. Maybe you just need to re, re-look or, or reposition how you're looking at this particular step and then look at the next one. And sometimes you may have to jump to the next one because that yeah. one did fail. Yeah. But it's like, what do you tell people as they're getting to the big goal, if they hit a hurdle, if they hit a block, how do they get over that hurdle and still progress up the ladder? Okay, so I'll give you a real example from my own life. The other day, 
Like self-awareness is a superpower. If you're not self-aware, you can't accomplish anything. The yeah. person who gets fired for anger issues thought they were passionate. Yeah. They go, what? The person that goes to the doctor, that the doctor says you're 50 pounds overweight, they're surprised. Because unless you have self-awareness, you don't have a picture of reality. So part of self-awareness is overhearing what you're saying to yourself. Mm -hmm. So the other day, I caught myself saying out loud to somebody, yeah, I've kind of plateaued in my speaking career because I'm not a celebrity. Like you and I know celebrities who make... 10 times what we make because they want a Super Bowl and then they go do a Q&A about it. They are in a movie. And, then, and, and so I was saying to somebody, well, I'm stuck because I'm not a celebrity. I'll never make that amount of money. And then I asked three questions that I teach in this book, Soundtracks, I wrote about mindset. Is it true? Is it helpful? Is it kind? Now say it again. Is it, is true? it true? Is it true? So yeah. it is true that celebrities make that amount of money. Is it helpful for me to say that self to me over and over and over? Of mm. course not. Mm. Because what it does is it stops me. I go... Well, then I might as well not try. And is it kind? Of course it's not kind to me. So instead I thought, can I change that feeling? Can I change it from I'm going to make my content and my customer service and my delivery so dope that I get around the celebrity barrier? Mm. Like I'm going to I'm going to accept that as a challenge. Like, mm. let's go. So now I'm fired up about it. It doesn't feel like a failure. So sometimes like what I like to do is pause in the moment. If I hit a failure, another thing I say all the time is it'll be a success or a story. It'll be a success. Like, I'm going to win this, mm -hmm. or it's going to be a story that I get to share other people and help them. Mm. It's not like the story sometimes hurts. Like, it yeah. does. Like, yeah. and I, I don't want to sugarcoat that. Like, it's, when I fail, I immediately go, What? How can I turn this into something positive? Like, dude, I mourn it sometimes. Sometimes, you know, I process it with a counselor. Like, I got to go jog and get some endorphins, whatever. But eventually, I'm able to go. This is a story and somebody else is going to have this. So when you have a failure and you bring it to the table and you bring it to this podcast, you have people you've never met email you and go, you don't know me, but I needed that today. And you didn't sit down and go, I know Jill in Ohio needs this. You were just faithful to steward this story. And so if I can look at the failure eventually as a story, I can then change the power it has over me because now I'm in control of it. So now I'm like... And then, dude, another thing I say that's helped a ton is fear gets a voice, not a vote. Mm -hmm. Fear gets a voice, not a vote. So I don't like when people say, you should be fearless, you should be fearless. Like, no, like, anytime you do something new, there's new fear there. The first time I spoke to 10 people, I had 10 person size fear, but I got over it. I worked over it. Spoke to 100 people, I had 100 person fear. Spoke to 1,000 people, 1,000 person fear. At each new level, I had new fear, but I worked on it. So fear has a voice, but it doesn't get a vote. It doesn't get to sit at my table and say, you don't get to do this. Anthony, you don't get to write a book. You don't mm -hmm. get to run it. Like, it doesn't get to sit at the head of the table. So for me, when I run into fear, run into failure, I have to work on those things. And that's the other thing I tell people all the time. I do a hundred things that help me deal with the stuff I'm doing. Like I don't hold my breath. Like when somebody like I'm a negative, naturally negative, cynical, jaded, sarcastic. I grew up in Massachusetts. Like I'm sarcastic. I'm jaded, but I've tested the ROI on negativity and positivity and dude, positivity pays so much better. I yeah. feel healthier. I'm better to my family. It's financially better, all that. So now I practice positivity. So when somebody tells me, man, like if somebody didn't eat all day and at the end of the day said, I, I'm hungry, I don't know why, I'd say, I'm, I know why you're hungry. You didn't mm -hmm. eat all day. So when mm -hmm. somebody says, I'm fearful, I'm negative, I'm whatever, I'll go, well, what'd you, what'd you do all day? I don't starve my doubts. I drown them. Like yeah. I'm drowning them in truth. I'm drowning yeah. them in positivity. I'm drowning them in true statements. Um, I'm drowning them in leaders I'm looking up to and getting inspired by. And so I'm doing that all day because I know left to my own devices, I'm going to be negative. I'm not going to believe it's going to work. I'm going to get down. Like, I'm not going to create books. I'm going to say, who am I to do this? Like, I'm going to give in to people that are criticizing me, whatever. So I work really hard to go, how do I push against that? So and that, that's something I try to do in my life. Man, John, you, you're speaking good, man. You know, this year, one of my goals or one of our goals, my team's goal is to hit a million subscribers um, on YouTube. And man, we were growing fast. We was doing like 20, 30, 40, 50,000 subscribers a month. And then uh, it just got stale. It just it just dropped like we was only getting 5,000. I'm like, wait, what's, what's going on? Like, are, are, are we about to fail? Like, I, I didn't see myself progressing to hit the goal the way that I wanted to hit. And I remember telling myself, and it's so funny, you asked your three things, is it true? Is it true we're not 
hidden. Yes, it is. Um, is it helpful to me to say that truth? No, it's not. And so I've learned, it's like, all right, cool. We're going to pivot. We're going to get, we're going to look at what's happening. We're going to accept what's happening, but we're still going to push harder. We're still going to push wiser to hit the goal. And if we do not hit a million, we're going to hit close to it. We're yeah. going to hit close to it, and we come back and we pivot for next year, and we adapt, and we just, and we overcome. And, and I love how you, you really lay this out, you guys. And this is why you all need to get this book, because here's the truth. You know, all it does take is a goal. It, you can't just sit there and just expect things to happen to you without a strategy, without a plan, without you aiming at something. Um, and this is why you all need to get my brother's book. It came out yesterday, uh, the 12th of September, uh, the three-step plan to ditch regret and tap into your massive potential. Um, this guy has written several books. I've read four of his books. I ain't going to lie on my show, uh, but I'm definitely going to finish this yeah. book out. I'm already uh, about two chapters in, two chapters in, haven't read it all, uh, but two chapters in, and I'm excited about it. By the time you all watch this show, I would have completed this book, and I'm going to hit my goals even better because, you guys, it's the second half of the year. Let's be honest. It's the second half of the year, and some of you all have not even accomplished half of the goals that you set out at the beginning of this year. So I want to encourage you all to get this book, to read the book, and really come back and to really try to accomplish as many of your goals as you can before the end of this year. Uh, John, in the book, you talk about hey, the best. Hold on just one second. Before we jump on that question, can I give you one, one suggestion? Yeah, talk to If me. you haven't already done this, I think you should print out the a picture of the million subscriber plaque and go ahead and frame it. Like, I think you need to hang that up somewhere, wherever you work. I think you need to hang that up. Go ahead and hang that up. I think you need to see it a couple times a day. Like, dude, I think you need to like clear a space for it. Like, yeah. I think you need to make that as real as you can make and just go ahead and start leaning into that. And then think about the mentality of if we don't hit it by the end of the year, say it's February, say yeah. it's March, yeah. it's three months sweeter. I want you to think it's three months sweeter. It's two months sweeter. It's four months sweeter. Like, whatever it is. Like, dude, it just stayed on the vine a little longer, yeah. and it's four months sweeter. Like, Oof. I think both of those things will help you go, yeah, yeah, what this is happening. And then, dude, imagine when you get the real one, and you put it up next to the one you had done. Like, dude, that photo is fire. Like, that, like, come on, dude. That photo is fire. Like, hey, you man. and the team. Listen, we are gonna yeah. do that right now. Hey, Michelle, yeah. find me a fake, <laughs> uh, not a fake, but find me a picture of a plaque, and let's yeah. put it up. We are gonna dude. put it up in the studio. We're going to put it up in the studio. 100%. And, and every time we walk into the studio, we're going to see that. Yeah. You know, because that's a million lives that we want to impact. That's totally. a million stories that we want to help share. Um, and, man, that that's a great call out because you're right. It's so funny is in my um, mirror, on my mirror inside my bathroom, I have personal goals, sure. um, personal things that I read every single morning. Yeah. I want to be a great husband. I want to be a great father one day. Um, I want to have an intimate, true intimate relationship with my wife, not a, a sexual intimacy, but like a true intimate to where mm -hmm. I hear her, she hears me. And that's on my my mirror as far as in being a man. But I never thought about putting a, a, a plaque up. You know, I got the 100,000 plaque, you know. See, that's that's what I'm saying. Hang this one next to it, dude. Like, go ahead and create you know a space. What? John, you all right. We, You know what, CJ, team, we need to make some room. Yeah, and let's we gonna go. We're going to put a fake one, a gold one. It's going to say yeah. gold above it. So yeah. every time people even watch my show, they're like, what, what is that? What is that? Yeah, exactly. Is it and gold? then they're like, you could be like, you see this one? Help me turn it into metal. It's paper right now. Like, help me, like, hit that subscribe. Help me turn that into metal. Let's go. Like, dude, come on. That's why John A. Cup is at the table, y'all. That's why my brother from another mother is at the table. Let, so let's go. I'm I'm doing that as soon as I get back from my trip. Um, I'm it. finding it, and I'm going. I'm, literally, I'm going to do that. I'm you better text it. me a photo of that you got. I'll, you have my uh, you, no. you have my cell. You better text me that photo, dude. Listen, I'm gonna text you the photo. I'm gonna frame it. And, you know, I'm a yeah. I'm a buy. Oh, look at look at this. See, I'm talking to you. My team has already sent me uh, the plaque for one million. See, I'm even playing with you. Look, look at it. Look, look at my team right there. Like, yeah, there you see? Go. There yeah. you go. Let's there go, dude. Let's go, team. It's like, hey, let's get it. Oh, okay. Uh, I'm going to print that out. And so I'm going to put it in an expensive yeah. frame. Not yeah. no cheap frame. Yeah. I'm going to put it in an expensive frame. Yeah. Oh, okay. This is. Okay. This is it, dude. This is it. It's fun.
This is it, man. This is good. This is good. All right, all right, all right, all right. You guys, listen, get the book. Listen, we're going to drop all the John A. Cubs information in today's show notes. Um, um, if you have not been following him on Instagram, um, on his uh, listening to his podcast, his podcast is amazing. I listen to it um, every single week, and I promise you all, you all will be blessed, and you all have to get this book. Let's make him another New York Times bestselling author. This book is going to be amazing. Uh, one of the things you talk about in your book, John, is the best moments, right? Mm-hmm. And the best moment list is such an intriguing concept. I really haven't seen a concept put together like this. What is the best moment list and how should this inform our goals? So when somebody says to me, what do you want to do with your life? What do you want to be when you grow up? What's your 10-year vision? I get paralyzed. I have a really hard time with that question. Mm. Like, I don't know. I don't know what 10 years from now is going to look like. I didn't predict this, like that I'd be doing this. Ten- I didn't know I'd move to Nashville, like mm-hmm. when I moved to like. And so I realized, okay, I need a way forward. And so I sat down in the Augusta airport after an event and I wrote best moments on a piece. What's going on fam? It's your boy, A.O. And I got to talk to you about something near and dear to my heart. And that's representation. You see, growing up, seeing black voices in media was like finding gold in a mine. It showed me what was possible. People like Oprah, Steve Harvey, and even Malcolm X, they paved the way for folks like me to step into the spotlight. And now there's a new wave of black voices making extreme waves, and they're doing it on NPR's Black Stories, Black Truths. This collection is a celebration of blackness like none other. Each episode is like a journey through our shared experiences. Joy, resilience, empowerment is all there. From Bobby to Michelle Obama, they're covering it all. And let me tell you, listening to these episodes, it's like sitting down with your fam and having a real talk about what it means to be black today. NPR is not holding back with this show. They're bringing you stories that matter, uh, stories that reflect the full spectrum of black life. It's like they say, stories should never be about us without us. So do yourself a favor. And tune in to Black Stories, Black Truths from NPR. It's not just a podcast. I'm going to be real with you. It's a movement. Listen now, wherever you get your podcasts, and let's keep celebrating our stories and our truths. All right, let's get back to my show. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Paper, and I started to list out the best moments in the last 5, 10, 15, 20 years of my life. Little ones, big ones. Little ones. My favorite sushi restaurant. Mm. Uh, my daughter driving home from high school when she when I see her headlights in the park in our, in our driveway it means she got home safe hitting the New York Times list. So I ended up writing down more than 170. And what happened was it taught me gratitude because all of a sudden you you become grateful for these things you forgot. It taught me self-awareness because when you ask your head and your heart to Google your favorite moments, they in the past, they start looking in the present too. Mm-hmm. So you start noticing, and it made me present. My definition of being present is being nostalgic about the moment you're still in. Mm. Being nostalgic about the moment you're still currently in. Not a week later, not a month later going, wow, look at this moment I'm in. And it ended up being counterintuitive to everything I was taught because right now we're addicted to sadness and trauma. Like Mm. culturally, that's what we talk about the most. For every 100 um, scientific papers written about sadness, there's only one written about joy. Every counseling session I've ever been to, that's we talk about sadness and trauma. Every couple small group I'm in, like the first when we share our stories, it's all the terrible things that have happened as if there's nothing to learn from joy. And so what happens is you write this list and then you automatically go, I want more of that. Yeah. So instead of a fantasy about the future, which you don't even really know, you make a list of things you really love and then you go, I want more of that. And often people have stopped doing things they love. So you'll go, man, I wrote down these relationships. Why did I stop hanging out with that person? Or man, I used to love the jog because it gave me some healthy endorphins. Like, why did I stop that? And it becomes this life list for the future. So it in, you, you look at your past, it informs your present and it prepares your future. Mm-hmm. So then you take this list and like, we did it with hundreds of people 
And I would say, try 30. I'd ask them to come up with 30 and they would come up with 300 and they would all go, I want, like, I'm adding more of these things to tomorrow. Like if I, like, I'm going to, I'm going to build a whole life based on these things, the things I'm called to do, the things that light me up, the things that give me joy. And it really becomes, I like to joke, it's the most honest personality test you've ever taken because in every personality test, I, I feel like I should answer a certain way. I'm like, I should care about that. I should like, cause the questions will be like, are you kind to people? Yes or no. And you're like, <laughs> I should say yes. Like, even if you know, like sometimes you're not. Right. And so what this does, you come up with a list and then the coolest thing is you realize that each of those moments fits in one of four categories. Mm -hmm. Each one of those is an experience, an accomplishment, mm -hmm. um, a relationship or an object. So I'll give you an example. If you hike by yourself and it's a beautiful vista, that's an experience. Mm -hmm. If you hike with a friend who's going through a divorce and you pour into them, that's a relationship moment. If you hike it faster than you've ever hiked it, that's an accomplishment. If you pick up a rock from the top as a reminder that you can do hard things, that's an object. So what happens is you start to label them and it's super easy. And then all of a sudden you go, I'm 80% relationship. No wonder I feel out of the zone. I'm not investing in people or wow, I'm an accomplishment person, but I grew up in a family where you weren't supposed to be into accomplishments. And so I felt this real tension because like, this is who I am, but I feel this shame and I've been self-sabotaging my accomplishments. Maybe if I make a list of a hundred things and 40 of them are accomplishment, I need to add some accomplishments to the, to the next week, to the next month. And so it becomes this really powerful life tool and life planning kind of tool that is super easy to use and super fun. And so that's what the best moments list is. Oh, man. Listen, I can't wait to really learn more of that. Um, personally, something else you write about in your book. Um, and I haven't had a chance to really dive into this because it, it, I, that's where I stopped. And then uh, I can't wait to pick it back up. But um, I talk a lot about the comfort zone. You have another zone that you really talk about in the book, and you kind of compare those two. Let's yeah. break down that zone. I'm going to be learning from this as well because, honestly, I haven't gotten to yeah. that part of the book just yet. Uh, but what what is that other zone that you're talking about, and how do we compare that to the comfort zone? Yeah, so if you imagine a line, one end of it is the comfort zone, the other is the chaos zone. Mm. And we tend to swing back and forth between those, yeah. especially high performers. And let me just encourage the audience, if you're listening to this, congratulations, you're a high performer. Ooh. And how do I know that? Ooh. Because low performers don't listen to podcasts like this. <laughs> they don't even know this category of podcasts exists. They don't voluntarily do this. Right. Like They don't read the books Anthony recommends. They don't go to speeches. They don't. So congratulations, you're already a high performer. But what happens is high performers go from comfort to chaos back and forth. So they get stuck and then they go, they get inspired. They hear, you know, Eminem song, Mom Spaghetti. They're like, I'm going to do it. And then they try to do all the goals. They go, I'm going to learn yoga, get my finances together. I'm going to be better to my wife. I'm going to, you know, I'm going to start a business all this weekend. And they swing right over to the chaos zone and it's too much and it falls apart and they swing right back to the comfort. That's why we have the phrase yo-yo diets in our country. Yeah. People yo-yo back and forth. Yeah. And although the comfort zone gets a lot of attention, we rarely talk about the chaos zone. Mm -hmm. And so as a high performer, you want to stay in the middle, which is what I call the potential zone. So yeah. it's like the Goldilocks zone. It's not okay. too much. It's not too, it's not too hot. It's not too cold. It's not too much. It's not too little. It's just right. Mm -hmm. And you figure out. So people sometimes say to me, Anthony, how many goals should I have? How many? And they want me to say 4.8. Like they want an exact answer. But what I always say is as many as you can do with excellence. Mm. So like there's going to be seasons of your life where you can do four. Like there's going to be seasons where you can do 14. I don't care how many you have as long as you're able to do them with excellence and as long as they're not competing. So competing goals are if I said to you, Anthony, I want to be around more for my kids and I want to speak a lot more. I want to travel a ton by myself competing. and be around like competing. Like competing. those things are going to fight. Yeah. But if I say to you, okay, I want to write this book this way and I also want a health goal. Like I don't like when people say you should only have one thing you're focused on. Whose life is that simple? Like you, like you couldn't tell, like your marriage would suck if you yeah. came home and were like, hey, I'm going to work 90 hours a week. I'm really going to, I'm going to buckle down on my business, but I still like you. Like I'll see you in like six months if that's cool. Like that's not going to work, dude. Right, and right. you and I are, are people who want a whole life experience, not a fractional life experience. Yeah. Like, dude, if I lose my family and the business succeeds, the business has failed. Yep. Like I, that's not, that's a terrible trait. Like if I lose my health and the business succeeds, the business has failed because I don't want to trade my health. And so I'm trying to encourage people, okay, how do you have 
goals that keep you in that potential zone. They're the right goals for you. They're the right size. You grow them. You expand them. You're capable of more than you think, but you don't just swing back and forth between comfort and chaos. You know, it's so funny. When, when people hear the word potential, they don't hear success. You know what I'm saying? Like when people hear the word potential, they don't hear accomplishments. They hear like, oh, okay, he has all the potential, she has all the potential, but she hasn't really done nothing yet. Yeah. Why do you like that word potential? Because I love the word potential, but you're like, hey, stay right there in the potential zone. And I think I think the word potential is amazing. But when you hear the word potential and you're writing the word, you're speaking the word potential, what do you really want people to hear about that particular individual with all this potential? I mean, my thing again is you have more presence than you can possibly imagine to open. Mm-hmm. Like if you think of, don't think of goals as broken things in my life I have to fix. Think wow. of them as presents I get to open. That changes it. Yeah. Dude. Like that. Cha- so then you go, man, like if your goals are shame-based, if they're, I got to get my, I've never met somebody, Anthony said, I'll say, Hey man, you've accomplished a bunch. What'd you do? And they're like, I just told myself, you got to get your act together. And I shamed myself into success. I've never met a single person that on the other side said, yeah, I just yelled at myself a bunch and I hated myself and now I'm successful. Like, (laughs) no, I'd much rather go, how do we, okay, if potential is the gap between your vision and your reality, how you want life to be and how it is right now. And the gap is really large. Look at all that fun stuff you have to do as you try to close that gap. Like, mm. look at all that, and you'll have moments where you go, Man, I started a side hustle and like I got to do an hour on it today. And man, that was a sweet hour. That was the best hour of my day. And so, for me, when I started blogging and doing my own writing, I had a day job, I had two kids under the age of four, like, I had a beautiful wife, I had all these commitments and responsibilities. And discipline, grit, willpower didn't help me. What helped me was I discovered something I loved doing. I discovered a little potential. And then I couldn't wait to get up early. Like I didn't decide. Like people don't just decide to change one day and go, it's time to have willpower. Like, no, you get this little glimpse of something that's better than the comfort zone and better than the chaos zone. You go, dude, I want more of that. So once, once I, for me, that was blogging. That was the first thing. I couldn't wait to throw more hours into it. Like I thought of each hour like a log and I was throwing them into a fire and the fire is just getting bigger. So dude, I got up at 5 a.m. because I had two kids under the age of four. I couldn't write at 8 a.m. Like yeah. I had to get up early. Like I started watching less television, not because I'm mature and disciplined, but because screw TV, like I got a real love. Like Netflix looks like I want you to find a passion that's so bright. Netflix is boring. Ooh. I want you to find a passion that's so bright. Distractions are born. And you go, what? Like, I don't even have eyes for that anymore. Ooh. Like, that thing's not serving me. This thing is. And so Ooh. once you do that, that's where potential changes. John, you a preacher, man. <laughs> what? You, you, you a right. black preacher, Dot. <laughs> <laughs> John said, I want you to find a real love that Netflix is boring. Like, yeah. John, that's... That's a bar. That that is that is a word that I think people really need to rewind and and listen to that again. Like you got to find something that distractions um, are boring. Like that was convicting to me. Like, dude, how many of those things do you have that makes those things boring to you? And I'll be honest, John. You know, as I'm as I'm evolving, as I'm getting older, I'll be forty next year. Uh, been in business on my own now for two years. And the last, these last two years of my life have been the best and at the same time, the hardest mm-hmm. two years of my life. Um, I've made a lot of mistakes. I failed at a lot of my goals, but I've also matured so much. I've made more money the last two years. Um, and I'm like, I'm noticing that Netflix is becoming boring to me. I'm noticing the things that I used to desire are becoming boring to me because it's like, man, I desire so much more for myself, for my family, for my loved ones. And it's like, man, when you said that, I was like, wait, that's, that, that, that hit a chord with me. That hit a chord with me, man. And I just, I really want to say thank you for that. And and I pray that those of you all listening, I, I think after you listen to this, Maybe you can't do it right now because maybe you're listening and watching this uh, today's episode while you're at work or while you're cooking. But I would definitely say over the next 24, 48 hours, get in a room, get in a room and just cut off the distractions, get off social media and just ask yourself, dig deep into yourself. What do you love? 
so much that other things that are not helping you hit your goal, you no, you no longer desire them. I'm not saying never watch Netflix again, yeah, but what no, I am no. saying is how do you dive deep so you can get closer to your goals where them things, for the most part, you're not really looking for it because you're so passionate about hitting that goal and building. And like for us, if you follow me, it's, it's building wealth. It's getting out of debt. It's really creating your own table and leading and owning your own life. And so, John, th thank you for that, man. Th thank you for that, man. Man, th this this is amazing. You guys, John Acuff is, is at the table. Um, and his new book came out yesterday. If you're watching this on the 13th when it came out, uh, came out September 12th. Um, all it takes is a goal, a three-step plan to ditch regret and tap into your massive potential. Um, I want to help this man sell as many books as we possibly can. But, it, but before we help him sell many books, I want to help you. And I want to help you hit your goals. And this is a great way you can hit your goal is by getting this book. Um, John, while... While we're coming to the end of the show, man, you, you've dropped so many good stuff. Um, but there's something you talk about in your book that I really want to spend some time and talk about. Mm -hmm. um, you talk about there are three types of goals. How do you, how do we distinguish easy, middle, and a guaranteed goal? And here's the thing. I've never heard someone say guaranteed goal. But, I mean, I, I understand the concept. But how yeah, do we yeah. distinguish between those three? Well, so again, let's jump back to that ladder metaphor. Um, when you have a lot of rungs on your ladder, you're just climbing. So an easy goal doesn't take much time. You go, I'm going to try to experiment this. That's what happens. People get stuck with perfectionism. They go, I got to do this forever. I got to, this is the new forever. And I go, no, 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 no. Let's try it for a week. Let's mm. try one client. Like if cold calls are hard to you, don't say you're going to make a thousand. Let's try to make three. Like that's an easy goal. It doesn't take much time. doesn't cost you anything. Let's do that. Those are those easy rungs at the bottom of the ladder. You start getting a little bit of momentum. Now you got some middle goals to take a little more time and take a little more effort, but you got that momentum. That motivation is pushing you. By the time you get to the middle, you can start to see the guarantee. So for instance, I have no doubt you're going to hit a million subscribers. Mm. Like you're in the middle of the ladder. Mm. Like I have no, like that's guaranteed, dude. Mm -hmm. You keep putting in the work. That's math. That's mm -hmm. not magic. That's math at this point because mm. you and the team have worked on it. So I wouldn't say, you know, like, Anthony, I don't think you're going to hit that. I'd say, no, that's a guarantee. I know if I write three to 500 words a day for a year, I'm guaranteed a book at the end of that process. That's mm. not magic. Like when people go, man, I can't believe, you know, like you've written nine books. I've got a 10th I'm turning in in September. So like, they're like, oh, I can't believe that. Like, no, that like I figured out how to do it. And then if I'm faithful to the process, I'm just climbing a ladder. That's a guarantee. Like I'm going to sell a million copies of my books. And I know that because I know roughly how many I sell and I know I'm not stopping writing. So like I've never had a million bestseller. I've never had a runaway hit. But like I know as I keep climbing this ladder, that's a guarantee. I know that if you go to the gym three times this week and you, you know, and you do that four weeks in a row and you didn't do that last month, you'll be bet in better shape this month than you were in last month. Like that's a guarantee. Mm. And so like, we don't like that phrase, but once you start to put in the work, you start to go like, nah, this is, and then you gain that confidence and you can see progress happening. And you're like, even if you have a stumble in the middle of the ladder, like you've said, you know, things slowed down. You're like, I have, there's nobody listening to this right now. It's like, man, I wonder if Anthony will hit a million. Like, of course you're gonna. Like, <laughs> that's a guarantee, dude. Yeah. Like, at this point, it's a guarantee. And so that's what I mean by guaranteed goals. It's, a, it's the, the, the assurance you get as you put in the time, as mm. you put in the work, as you put in the effort. And again, it starts small. It mm -hmm. starts easy. It starts, you know, with you doing some easy things so that you can build some momentum. Because again, like, I, when somebody says I want, they, they want to write a book, I say, uh, don't, write, don't even write a book. Don't write a chapter. Write a page. Like, let's write a page. Yeah. And then they go, okay, I can write a page. Because, dude, writing a book is hard. It but, is. like, can you write a page today? I yeah. bet you can write a page. Like, let's talk about that. Like, and then, again, you start to stack it up. And then you motivate yourself during it. That's the other thing. I always tell people motivation is the flightiest thing in the world. Mm. It, the Motivation leaves the very first second the work shows up. Mm. So you have to BYOH. You have to bring your own hype. Like you have to bring that, like, I can't wait for motivation. So what I, a lesson I sometimes teach is build a motivation portfolio. Yeah. Most people think I'm going to find a true North. I'm going to find my why, my one source of motivation. 
No, 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 no. I want you to have 10 to 15 sources of motivation because some days, dude, you're going to get up and those first 10 don't even move the needle. But number 14, you'll be like, ah. So it might be I have my, a playlist of my favorite songs. It might be I have that reminder of the, you know, the thing on my mirror. Today, I did not want to run today but I was because it was raining. It was gross. And a guy at coffee, a friend of mine in a small group was like, yeah, I'm going to run today. I'm committed to running even if it's raining. I was like, dang it i'm gonna run today like that <laughs> little bit like i today the motivation i needed in my portfolio was a guy named rob foss cool yeah. like but i have a portfolio so when you get to that middle of the ladder i don't want you to look at your motivation and go i don't feel motivated by my one thing i want you to have a collection like a motivation portfolio where you go ooh, number 11 is my kids that's the one today but like i have kids some days they don't motivate me because right, they're right. just like <laughs> but other days they do so like i want you to have a collection so you keep climbing that ladder you look up and you go yeah, this is a guarantee yeah. like this business is happening this wealth is happening this podcast whatever the thing is this is this is happening like at this point like at this point it'd be impossible for it to not happen because i'm putting in the work Ooh. like i'm putting in the work so what I hear you saying, pretty much, uh, just paraphrasing it uh, for the people who didn't hear him, put in the work. <laughs> yeah, 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 <laughs> if, yeah. If, if you set a goal, it's guaranteed to happen as long as you put in the work. Now, the goal, like you said earlier, you may not hit it on a particular date. I don't but- control the calendar. Like I'm, But like... Like, I'm not in control of that. You know what I'm the CEO of? I'm the CEO of my actions, not That's the it. CEO of the calendar. Yes. So, like, I've, I'm the boss of John's actions. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm not the boss of the calendar. Mm-hmm. So, if that changes, that's going to float. There's going to be things that happen I don't control. Um, but, like, I know I'm the CEO of my actions, so I'm going to choose to lean into the thing I can control. People over-focus on the things they can't control. Like, they get obsessed with those, and mm-hmm. they miss the little things they do control that turn into big things. Now, I think successful people, man, one thing I learned from you and other successful people um, is that we tend to focus on the things that we can control. We can't control the economy. We can't control no. people. We can't control We can't control what life happens to us, like how life happens to us. And I think, honestly, I have this math in my head. It's like 10% um, of, of life is about what happens to me. The other 90% is how I react to to what happened to me. And I think a lot of people don't really understand that. Like, man, we want to blame what happened when really we're not blaming our reactions and our actions during that time. So, Dude, I said to my counselor, this is like six months ago, I was like, man, I got to stop blaming my parents for decisions I'm making. I said, I haven't lived at their house for 30 years. Like, I haven't lived under the roof for 30 years. And he said to me, John, you lived at their house until about six months ago. And I was like, dang it. it." And so like, I get it, dude. Like it's, it's easy. It's seductive. We have a culture that preaches that, but man, like it's really, really fun when you start to go, okay, what's that? What's that 90% I control? Like, how do I, what does that look like? How do I, you know, work on that? How do I change that? Like, man, life is fun. And dude, like, to your point about wealth, like there's money everywhere, dude. Yeah. Like the streets are crawling with it. Like yeah. I like I, there's, there's just opportunity everywhere. And yeah. it's waiting for somebody exactly named you. Yeah. Like that's that's just the reality. Yeah. Like it's just waiting on you. Like it's it's waiting on you to go, yeah, yeah, yeah. I wanna I'm gonna pick some of that up off the street. Let's go. Yeah, yeah. Well, John, I, I wanna end this show with this right here. I think there's a lot of people watching right now saying, man. John A.O., I've, I've set goals. Or John A.O., I haven't set goals. John A.O., my life is just up and down right now. I'm feeling discouraged. I've tried to hit my goals, and I, I just haven't landed one yet. What is one piece of encouragement you'll give that individual right now? Let's say right now a lot of my people are trying to get out of debt. They're trying to build wealth. Um, but, you know, they, they keep getting hit with obstacles, you know, maybe an emergency comes up that sets them back or maybe they got out of debt and then something happens. They unfortunately went out there and borrowed more money and now they're back in debt or they're trying to invest and they can't get there. Like every time they try to set a goal, life hits them. Encourage them real quick on one, uh, what they should be doing, how should they look at it, how should they resolve and then end with why should they get your book? Well, I mean, I I would just say one of the best things you can bring into a goal situation is grace. Give Mm. yourself tons of grace. Mm. Like give yourself, like I, this happens a lot where I'll, I'll meet people and they'll go, man, I'm just not chasing my goals the right way. I haven't been progressing. And I'll go, well, tell me about your life. And they go, well, I recently started taking care of my dad who has dementia and I'll go, hold up. You're, you're judging yourself against the guy that used to not have a dad with dementia who he's now in charge of. 
Your goals need to change. New seasons need new scorecards. Yes. Don't judge this season off of last year's scorecard. Mm. Like if you're like, like I see parents that do that. They'll be like, man, I'm just not chasing my goals hard enough. I go, well, tell me about your life. They go, I got two twin, two year olds. I got a five year old and eight year old. And go, you're raising humans right now. Like give yourself some grace. You need a new scorecard. So I'd say, give yourself tons and tons of grace, um, tons and tons of grace. And then why, and you know, what I always tell people about the book is like, I think that you're capable of some amazing things. And the reason I wrote a book like this is that I like to find a party and then I try to get as many people there as I can. Like, and I try to make the invitation the best invitation I can. So this book is an invitation. I think there's a huge party happening with tons of gifts for you to open. And this is my invitation to that. Like, I don't, it took me 10 years to figure out some of this. I don't want it to take you that long. If I can shave some time off of your journey, all the better. Because I don't think you have to be 47 to go, man, I just learned this. I think you could be 27. I think you'd be 17. I think you can save a lot of time on the road to what you're capable of with a little bit of tips from somebody who's been there too. Yeah, man, listen. John, man, you my guy. Man, I, Let's go. I don't know Let's why go, it took me dude. so long to get you on this show, man. But I'm telling you, man, you, 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 you a brother for show. You know, you. you well, next time I'm in DC, bro. let's go, dude. Let's go. <laughs> let's do it, man. Listen, you guys, we're gonna link John's book in today's show notes. We're also gonna link all of his uh, social media channels and his website. Please go get the book, one for yourself, so we can all hit our goals better. And two, you guys know me. If I bring them on my show to promote a book, I'm very careful about who I allow at my table because they sure. they they get into my circle, and so if he's at my table. This is a book that'll bless you. Uh, let's help him. Let's let's help him become a New York Times bestseller. Let's help him sell a lot of books so he can impact more people. And uh, he'll be back on next year to promote his book that's coming out next year. This man is a content machine. So I'm praying for you, man. I love the gift that God has given you, John. And thank you for blessing us today, brother. Yeah, thanks for blessing me, man. I appreciate it. Yes, sir. All right, y'all. We'll see you on the next show. Peace out. Introducing Wondersuite from Bluehost.com, the tool that makes WordPress wonderful for everyone. Website creation is hard, but now with Bluehost, you can answer a few simple questions about your business and goals, and the Wondersuite tools will automatically lay out your WordPress website or store in minutes. Seriously. From there, you can customize your design, pick your brand colors and add blocks, no custom theme or coding required. You'll get content suggestions that you can keep or revise. And with Yoast SEO built in, we automatically help you get found in search engines. From step-by-step -step guidance to suggested plugins to an AI-powered help bot, our built-in tools make WordPress wonderful for everyone. Whether you're a beginner or a pro, you can join over 2 million Bluehost users. Go to bluehost.com slash wondersuite. That's bluehost.com slash wondersuite.